0: I started Mitchell Bat Company in 2013. But the real story starts in 1984, when I was six years old, and I started my first business. One, one, two, three, four. Hey everybody, welcome to the Jeremy Mitchell Show. This is Jeremy Mitchell. I'm your host, and today on the podcast, I'm going to start to tell you the story of Mitchell Bat Company. And I'm going to do this in parts. So this is part one. I, I get a lot of questions from people um, about Mitchell Bat Co. And one of the questions that, that always pops up when I meet someone and I tell them about the company or they they know about the company and I meet them for the first time, a lot of times people will say, how did you get into this or how did you start? And so the, the real story, the, the real story starts when I was a kid. And so Mitchell Bat Company, when I break it down, I think the reason why I do this and the, why, I, why I love it so much is there's three things. There's three things that Mitchell Bat Company um, encompasses. So number one, obviously, I love baseball. It's, it's the greatest sport. Uh, I've loved baseball for a long time. And it's it's just a Mitchell Bat Company is a, is a way for me to get as close as I can to the sport that I love uh, without actually being on the field. And so the second thing uh, that is a part of me and a part of Mitchell Bat Company is I love design. I've, I've been a professional designer for over... Sixteen years or so, I've been doing this full time for about sixteen years, and, and uh, even before that, I was I was making things, and I was I had clients. But uh, for the last sixteen or so years, I've been uh, professionally uh, employed as a as a designer or art director or a creative director, um, and I've created everything from a video to an iPhone app to a website to an uh, online apps, and so I've always I've always been a maker. And the third thing is, I love starting businesses. Uh, the Mitchell back Company is not my first business. Uh, in fact, my first business that I started uh, was when I was six years old. And I started painting rocks, and I would sell those to our mailman. And I, I kind of made a little side hustle. I and mean, It wasn't very much. It was obviously just like people's pocket change, but... I would do that. And I and I I loved the the thrill of creating something and then selling it to someone and and seeing them uh, enjoy that. And so I have a history of, uh, you know, doing things like that in the in the sixth grade. I would sell candy. Uh, I uh, I wanted to buy this uh, White Sox hat at Mm -hmm. Champs Sporting Goods when I was in the sixth grade and I didn't have any money because I didn't I wasn't old enough to actually have a job. And so what I would do is I would take this, uh, this candy that my mom would bring home from her work. My mom, uh, was, is a food broker and she'd bring home these samples of M&Ms and starburst fruit chews. And it was like the big, like movie size box. And I would sell those to people at school for like two, two bucks, you know, and, and I, in one day I made like $50. The second day of my business, uh, one of my teachers, Miss Parkinson, she was waiting in line behind all the other kids that had their money out, and she steps up to me and, and she says, how much? And I, I knew I had this sinking feeling in my heart, and in my, in my stomach, that I knew I was doing something that probably wasn't allowed. And so I told her, I said, oh, no, it's, it's free. Just You can just take this. Uh, it's, it's on the house. And so she goes. No, I want. I want to pay for this. And I said, No, I. I don't. I don't want to take your money. And she said, uh, What's this for? And I said, I looked at her straight in the eyes, and I said, The Jeremy Mitchell Fund. And I knew in the look in her face, I knew that I was in trouble. And so my parents got brought into the school, and I got in trouble for selling candy. Uh, so that that ended my uh, that ended my my candy business. But needless to say, I I've I've always kind of. Um, toyed with the idea of of creating products um, and creating things and and selling them for a a margin, uh, selling them for a price and I I get a thrill out of that and so for me to love baseball um, and to love design and to love business, Mitchell Bat Company is, is all three of those things. I grew up in a house that celebrated history. My mom uh, is a history buff. Like She would take us uh, on these road trips to Indiana to visit our grandparents. And on the way back, uh, we would stop off in Kentucky or we would stop off somewhere in Indiana to walk through an Amish village or, or a Quaker village or visit the home of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, we were always going through these museums that had these you know, ornate quilts that were made, um, things that involved the Civil War. And so we were all the time going through these things. And so when it comes to history and my love for history, baseball is, is such a, a great sport that celebrates its history. Major League Baseball has done a fantastic job of uh, you know going back to the past and, and, and talking about old stats and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and, and all these things and all these old pictures and videos of of these old uniforms and and so i love history and so that's a that's another big factor as to um why i started Mitchell back company it's it's just another just another reflection of of what is inside of me and so like i said we we would drive to rockville indiana from Hendersonville, tennessee where i where i'm from it's a it's about a 6 hour drive and so we would we would go to Indiana, Rockville, Indiana, which is in Park County, uh, which Park County has the most covered bridges um, in, in, with, in in any other county in the, in the United States. Park County has the most, and so they 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 celebrate that fact. And um, it's a it's a pretty cool place. Um, Rockville itself, it, it kind of reminds me of, of uh, Back to the Future when Marty McFly goes back to November 5th, 1955, and the, the town square is, is set up in a very similar way. And so we would go to, we'd go to Rockville, and we would take Penny Rile Parkway. And if, you, if you've ever been on Penny Rile Parkway, uh, you've probably driven by this thing called the Big Peach and and you can't miss it because it's a giant peach on the side of the road. And we would stop there every single time on the way there, on the way back, and we would buy peaches or apples or pork rinds or root beer. And it was just this really neat sort of nostalgic place um, that that we always went to. And sometimes my my grandparents would be with us. We would stop there, and, and they knew the people there. And um, a cool thing that this past summer uh, we went to Indiana – and I was with my mom and I had my one of my daughters with me and um it was cool 'cause the lady we I, I told the lady that we've been I've been coming here my whole life and uh she was like, What about your mom? I said, Yeah and she said, So this is third your third this is the third generation of you coming here and I'm like, Yeah and actually my, my uh grandma brought us here so it was like four generations of people shopping at that uh the big peach. So that's kind of a cool thing that that uh that I remember when I drive into Indiana as a kid And so my my grandparents, they they were farmers and they grew up in during the Great Depression. So they went through the Great Depression. And so going back to their house so often, we were constantly learning about history and looking at old pictures. And um, again, like this whole thing ties into baseball uh, so well because of all the old things that baseball really brings out. I was born in 1978, so that, that makes me a child of the 80s. Um, I can't really claim the 70s because I was only two, but the, the 80s were awesome. And if you grew up in the 80s and you think the same way, uh, you know what I mean when I say the 80s were awesome. It's, it's back when uh, Rocky movies were new and they were in the theater and they were awesome it's back when beer companies were either great tasting or less filling, or they used Spuds McKenzie dogs to help sell their beer. Um, and I grew up watching TV shows like Cheers and Punky Brewster. And uh, you know, I, I would stay up, I would stay up super late on the weekends and to watch the late show with David Letterman. And then after that, Friday night videos, and then Saturday would come along, and Saturday Night Live was on. and And I watched it back when it was. Like Eddie Murphy and Dana Carvey and Dennis Miller, and so all those things. Like as a as a child, like I knew they were they were super important. I knew they were they were a big part of pop culture, and um, I had a lot of friends. Like I I consider my my friends were cool, but I wasn't cool, if that makes sense. But my friends were and. That made me feel cool, but I didn't have the same like clothes as them. Like I I, pro- I wore like a um, like a polo shirt like tucked into shorts and a belt, while they were wearing like jams like d- down past their their knees and like black shirts with skulls on them and like a uh, skater die across it. A lot of my friends had like one earring, and I always thought that was super cool, but uh, I wasn't allowed to. And then looking back, it's probably it's probably good that my mom wouldn't allow me to. Uh, to dress like that and also I grew up playing baseball and so I started playing t-ball as as soon as I could so I was probably age five or age six when I started playing t-ball and I played every summer and it was a part of it was a part of my summer going to practice and uh, going to games and and hitting hitting a ball off of a tee and I, I have a ton of pictures of me in these uh you know these uh t-shirts that said you know YMCA like maroon and like navy shorts that were like way too short and socks that have stripes on them and uh you know this cheap mesh hat and a glove that was like bigger than my head. And so that it, baseball was just in me. Like baseball at an early age, it it became a part of my entire life. Not to mention my obsession of baseball cards. So the first baseball card that I ever saw that I remember, at least the, the my earliest memory of seeing a baseball card was The Daryl Strawberry Rookie Card. The 1983 Tops Traded Daryl Strawberry Rookie Card. I saw this behind this glass case at my friend's house. His name is Jason Hargrove. My best friend growing up. Third grade. I'll never forget. After school one day, and he shows me this baseball card. And uh, I was like, wow, what what is that? It's like behind behind this glass case. I've never seen this. He said, that's the Daryl Strawberry Rookie Card. It's his first card. And I didn't really, I didn't know who Daryl Strawberry was, but at the time, it was, uh, was kind of right after the Mets won the 86 World Series. And I knew, that, I knew that was a big deal because of the whole Bill Buckner thing, and it was a great World Series, and it was great for baseball. And I remember, and I don't remember watching that World Series on TV, but I remember it being a thing. And so when Jason showed me that Daryl Strawberry rookie card, I was hooked. And he went on to show me his uh, albums full of cards, and he had thousands of cards—fantastic baseball cards from the from the '80s. And so I would go to his house all the time. He lived ten doors down from my mom. I would walk there all the time, and he had a—he was a big Mets fan, and um, he had a Mets uh, like uh, bullpen jacket that I thought was super awesome. And uh, his dad was super into sports. And they had cable, and I didn't have cable at my house. And so I didn't even know what ESPN was. And I for sure didn't know what the dunk contest was or the home run derby. So I was, I was, um, I, I started to absorb all these baseball things that, that Jason and his dad were, were talking about. And so that, that got me hooked. So I would go over to, to Jason's house and, and I would watch the All Star game at his house with his dad. And, and the, All-Star, the All-Star game was always my favorite because it, it was so awesome to see all of those players and all those different jerseys together in one place and the, the long row of, of uh, National League players on the first baseline and then the long row of American League players on the third baseline lined up in their jerseys getting introduced by the uh, announcer and then the national anthem, of course. And so all of that together like, is such a, such a cool moment and a cool memory, um, and I've been blessed enough to be able to, to witness that in person. I've been to the Home Run Derby, and I've been to the All-Star Game, and uh, it, it's, an, it's an amazing, it's an amazing uh, experience. When I played baseball, you know, t-ball was one thing, but when I was really playing baseball competitively, I was, most of the time I was a pitcher. And I played center field and left field as well, third base and first base. I never caught, um, I never played middle infield, but I played the entire outfield. I pitched in first base and, and third base. And when I was a pitcher, I always felt this sense of control. Being up on the pitcher's mound and holding that ball and everyone's looking at you and everyone's waiting on you to throw the ball. And you're pretty much in control if you're good. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the ball is, doesn't go where you want it to, but for the most part, you control the game for a moment. And I loved that. And I didn't realize why I love pitching so much until until later on into my adulthood as to why I loved it. Um, and, it and it was kind of like that thing that it, it, everything could be super chaotic. Um, but for that moment when I'm up there on that pitcher's mound, there was just a sense of peace, and I still have that. I st- I still get that from baseball when I'm watching a game or when I show up to a a game early um, and I'm on the field and I'm watching batting practice or I'm in the stands and I'm watching the guys rake the field. Like there's this like there's a sense of peace. That that comes over me, and and for just that small moment, everything that I'm that I'm worried about or stressed out about, it can just go away, for just a little bit. And so that was one of the things that, when I think back to why I loved to play baseball, um, that's that's the thing that that really stands out to me. And and I and I love watching baseball. I watch baseball all the time. It's on in my house all the time. Um, I have the MLB at bat, you know, subscription and I get every single game home and away all summer long. And it's great. You know, I I might flip on a random game on a Tuesday, like the D-backs versus the Rockies. Just and I don't even really follow those teams very much. It's just that is there's that it's on and the sound of, you know, the fans and the sound of the announcers. Uh it's just it's just very calming to me and, and that's why and that's one of the reasons why I love watching baseball. When I was little, my favorite team it kinda it kinda bounced around based on the players. So I, I really had more so favorite players than I had a favorite team. Like I have I've seen pictures of myself like wearing a Daryl Strawberry Mets uniform jersey. And then like a Reds hat because I was a big Eric Davis fan and always thought it was cool that Gerald Strawberry and Eric Davis were, were friends. They were like from the from the same town in California, I think. And so I kind of bounced around from team to team, um, but being from the Nashville area, Hendersonville, Tennessee is like thirty minutes from Nashville. We really didn't have a have a choice but to watch either the Braves or the Cubs or the Reds. And so those three teams were the teams that I sort of paid attention to the most um as a kid and there was a time where in middle school um when I went to my very first major league baseball game it was it was for my birthday it was at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and I want to say it was it was 1991 maybe I think it was and the Braves played the Padres and we got there super early because I wanted to get autographs and so I didn't get any um but I went down there with the rest of the kids that were trying, and I was so close to the field. And that that moment of, like, walking into the stadium for the first time and just seeing how big it was and just seeing, like, all the players and the sounds of the the announcer and the fans just chattering before the game, like, I, I, I've never lost that feeling. When I go to a Major League Baseball game or even a minor league game, but mostly Major League Baseball games, I, I walk through the, through the front doors, I show them my ticket I walk in and I still have that feeling all this time later. And to me, that is something that, that no one can ever take away from me. That, that is such a feeling, such a great feeling that I don't know if I'll ever lose that. And so it's baseball is such a, such a special thing to me and, and it doesn't matter really what team you root for. Um, or if your team is winning or your team is losing if you love baseball and you meet someone else that loves baseball there is a there is a common thread between you and another person that can't be taken away if you love if you are you're a baseball lover like you have have this unwritten language with other baseball fans and i think that is something that i don't really get from other sports i kind of watch other sports but but baseball obviously is is the sport for me and so back to the sort of design, like how much I love designing and creating and making things. When I was little, I would draw baseball players and I would draw baseball stadiums. And I remember one time I showed my mom this this baseball stadium that I drew during school. And every single fan in this picture was a, was represented as a circle, as their head. And I probably drew like... 2000 circles on this, on this one uh, stadium drawing. And I remember she said, uh, wow, that's a lot of circles. Um, what were you supposed to be doing during this time? And, uh, you know, busted, you know, so I, I, even when I was in school, I was thinking about baseball and and I think about baseball even now. And so everything that I, that I, that I wanted to draw, like as a kid, sort of uh, it was baseball centric. It was in every Christmas, Every Christmas and every birthday, I would I would get baseball related things like tons of baseball cards, of course. But I would, there's these things called starting lineups, and uh, if you know what those are and you collected them, probably right now you're nodding your head and you're smiling because you remember these. They were these um, probably these two and a half inch tall, uh, three inch tall maybe baseball figurines. Like you didn't play with them; they just they they sat on your dresser or they sat on a shelf. And they came with a baseball card. They came with one card, and it was a starting lineup brand. And they came in this big, um, like, blue uh, packaging. And on the back, it had pictures of other uh, starting lineups that you, that you could also collect. And uh, I never had, like, of course, I didn't have all of them, but there was so many of them. And uh, I would get those all the time for Christmas and birthdays. And every once in a while, even, even now, I'll, I'll buy one on eBay for, like, 5 bucks. And um, and so I had in my room, I had this uh, Bo Jackson poster. It was the player. That's it what it said at the bottom. It said the player. And it was black and white. Bo Jackson, and he had on the shoulder pads, and then a baseball bat like over his, uh, like behind his neck, and his arms were hanging over the bat. It was such a cool poster. And then I also had an Eric Davis poster that was uh, Magnum forty four, and uh, he Eric Davis was in a suit, and it said Magnum forty four, and there's a big giant revolver sitting on this uh, desk and he do like these are red cleats, such a cool poster, but I was all the time collecting posters and baseball cards. And there was a baseball card shop in Hendersonville called DJs. And they had, it was a typical, like you walk in and there's glass cases where it was like the nice stuff or the, the limited edition stuff. And they had all kinds of cards for sale in the middle. And so we would go there and I would, I would, um, I would negotiate. I would like trade with this grown man. I'm like 11 years old and I, I subscribed to Beckett magazine. And so I knew what all these baseball cards were worth. And I would go to these, these grown men and and try to sell them the cards for more than they were worth. And they knew what they were worth. And it was kind of like this back and forth, like negotiation. And at the time, you know, even now as an adult looking back, like I didn't know what I was doing, but I, but I was doing, I was doing sales. (laughs) You know, I was, I was in sales. And so, Baseball cards, uh, it's more than just pretty pictures and stats in the back. Um, I would study the stats in the back. I would i would read um, the little two-sentence stories on the backs of these cards, and I would memorize these numbers. And I, I spent so many nights, summer nights, putting baseball cards in number order to, to try to build the entire set. and um, And that was cool because, you know, looking back again as an adult, my sort of my first career path was print design. And so looking back at, you know, collecting baseball cards, like I could tell if a card was a good card or not or a good stock or I could tell if, if the paper changed. Like the tops traded cards were a different type of paper than the regular set. And so um, I grew up like touching paper because I collected baseball cards and I collected, um, you know, magazines that were associated with baseball. And so after, you know, as an adult, as a print designer, I became a web designer and I started writing code and what is code? Code is a bunch of numbers. And what are baseball cards in the back? It's a bunch of stats. And so all of this stuff, I feel like led me to led me to designing led me to creating things that were visual because baseball cards are are super visual and I would study the uniforms and I knew the different uh, stripe patterns. I could, I could probably close my eyes and draw a Mets jersey um, just from looking at baseball cards. And so I'm telling you all of this because I want you to to hear my heart. I want you to hear what I believe and and why I do Mitchell Back Company. It's, it's not just about painting stripes on baseball bats. That's a big part of it. But it's not just making a profit, which that's a big part of it too. It's it's not just about selling. It's not just about being on Instagram and, and having followers and um being liked and, and, and being invited to things. Like it's really at the root of it, the reason why I run Mitchell Bat Company and the reason why I started it is because I deeply care about baseball. And like I said, I, I love design and I, I love running businesses and I love baseball. So what what better way to celebrate the sport that I love than through Mitchell back Company? and and I, and I think we're doing good things. Like I think we have we've had a great run. Uh, we're in our sixth year, and um, that's crazy to think that that we've been around that long. and we we're still giving uh, a portion of our profits to, Baseball-minded charities, the charity that we give to as of today is the Don Mattingly Charity up in Evansville, Indiana. You know, he's doing great things too. And so it's just a, it's just a combination of so many things that, that that's in me, that fuels me. And so I wanted to share that with you today. And yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be more of this. There's going to be more of this story because the Mitchell Batco story, it's such a long story. It's such a big story. And, it, and, it, and it's really my life's work. So thank you for listening. If you like this, uh, let me know. Send me an email, Jeremy at mitchellbatco.com. Give me suggestions on, you know, what what else you want to hear me talk about. You know, this is all for you, and uh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I want to thank Zach Ford for supplying me with my uh, music, and uh, thank you for everyone that has subscribed already. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. And um, yeah, we'll do this again soon. Thanks.